0: Hello, Tony G Nation. Another episode of the Tony G Show coming right at you. I'm smiling ear to ear because guess who's back? Hi, Will McCormick.
1: Hey, how's it going, buddy? Good. How was your Easter vacation? Good. I feel like we haven't done one of these in a long time. We. You haven't. I haven't. You've I've kept pushing them out without you. I mean like we as in like us together. Correct.
0: It's been a minute. It's been since last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Not like the Tuesday this week, but like the Tuesday last week. Right. You missed two Tony G Shows.
1: I feel like I've missed a lot.
0: You have missed a lot.
1: There, there's been a lot that's happened since. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Although, bad.
0: you know, the last two shows have been pretty good without you, so I'm thinking about ripping up your contract and throwing I
1: know. It. I was kind of getting nervous. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> he's ready to terminate my contract or trade me to another show or something, if that's even possible.
0: Now, no, Yeah. Trade you to another podcast. Now on Going Places with Kara Orville, Will McCormick.
1: Trade me for a couple draft picks.
0: <laughs> trade you for a couple microphones and... Some studio equipment. Soundboard. Yeah. No, nonetheless, Will is back for season six, number 18, the episode. I said that weird. Season six, episode number 18 Mm -hmm. of the Tony G Show. We're cruising. We are cruising. I mean, 18 episodes. I was thinking about it last night. 18 episodes is a lot of episodes.
1: Like, we're going to be about 28. Yeah. We have, have, well, 27. We have about five weeks left. Yeah. We're going to hit a good amount of shows this, this season.
0: Yeah. Yep. We are. And I can't wait for Season 7, too. I can't wait for Summer Ball. I mean, we, we're going to be putting out some great content here ah, on the Tony I G Show. forgot about
1: Summer Ball. Yeah, that'll be cool.
0: Yep, yep. That'll be good. Just once a week with Tony G, by the way. If you didn't listen to the 100th episode, shame on you. But that's where I broke this down, is that I'll be doing my own solo type of deal. It's not the Tony G Show. It won't count towards like 100 episodes or nothing like that. It'll just be like a subset, different show, just to continue to push out content for the Tony G Show, just so you don't forget about it, you know? So... That is what the Summer Ball subset podcast is going to be of Tony G. Show. It'll be a different album cover, and, or album cover. It'll be a different podcast cover and everything. So look out for that this summer. That's going to start in June, by the way. When I say this summer, it's not like late May. I mean, the first week in June should be the kickoff to Summer Ball. And then in September 2021, Season 7 of the Tony G Show will be released. So, good things to look forward to Mm -hmm. coming up in the future of the Tony G Show. Let's speak about the future of this episode. We have a great episode planned for you. If you remember back in, I think it was November, when the Masters Tournament was pushed back into the fall because of COVID, we had our golf expert Jared Reinhardt on the show for the first time. We're going to bring him back to preview the Masters Tournament this year. It kicks off today. So Jared Reinhardt is going to be in Tony G. Studios right here next to us as uh, we preview the Masters in this tournament. Okay, that's going to be segment number one. I can't wait for segment number two because this is going to be a big segment, Will. You and I are going to discuss mm-hmm. this. The Sam Darnold trade.
1: I'm curious what you're going to have to say about this. I, kinda, yeah. I feel like we might be in different camps. I also kind
0: of feel like that. Potentially. Sam Darnold was traded to the Carolina Panthers. So now instead of Teddy Bridgewater, they go to Sam Darnold. We'll talk about what that means for Carolina and what that means for the New York Jets moving forward. To cap off the show today, segment number three, we're going to discuss Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin Athletic Director, University of Wisconsin Athletic Director, that is, who announced his retirement after being in Wisconsin for like the last 20 years, more than that, last 30 years almost. So we're going to discuss his career, what he meant to Wisconsin, kind of some of his accolades, maybe even comparing to our good old friend Tim Ball, too. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good segment to round out the show. Before we get into today's show, I've got to remind you, Tony G Show drops Tuesdays, Thursdays, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. In the summer, summer ball is coming out. First week of June, look forward to that. Season 7 of the Tony G Show coming out in September 2021. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, at Willis5312 is Will's Twitter, at Tony G Show is my Twitter, Get at us. Let us know what you think. Feedback, general discussions, derogatory statements, everything on Twitter at Willis5312 at Tony G Show. You
1: ready to get into it, Will? Good episode today. Yeah, I'm pumped up. It's going to be a good discussion all the way through.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for it. Jared Reinhart, out of the break, our golf expert on The Tony G Show. Segment number one in today's edition of the Tony G Show. This Thursday, April 8th edition, as the Masters gets kicked underway today, the Tony G Show brings in our golf expert who's been on the show before, so it's really a welcome back, our golf expert, Jared Reinhart. Jared, thanks for coming on the show, my friend.
2: Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to it.
0: You and I hit the uh, driving range earlier this week, and before we get into Masters talk, Jared, be honest. How's my swing looking?
2: You know, Tony, the swing looks good. Uh, There's just a few things that kind of need to come through at impact for you, but other than that, the swing itself, uh, you take the club back perfectly far enough, and uh, I think if you work out a few kinks, you'll be looking good soon.
0: (laughs) All right, thanks, man. At the driving range, you know, the slice is uh, very bad to the right for Tony G here, but a long summer that I get to uh, iron that out. So, as we preview the Masters getting kicked off today... Jared, I want to ask you, this isn't an overall prediction, this question, but I just want to ask you, what are some names to watch? Who are your favorites or or some names that uh, could pop up and make a run at this tournament?
2: Right, so the two betting favorites were Dustin Johnson and Bryson, both at 9.5-1. to one. Dustin Johnson obviously won this tournament last fall. He comes in, his last two finishes weren't great, uh, so a lot of people aren't quite as high on him. Bryson, too, is another guy that kind of struggled in the last Masters. But if there's ever a week where, you know, he'd be kind of Getting dialed back into his old self, I think he'd be showing up here. Other than that, Justin Thomas is another guy that a lot of guys are high on coming into this this Masters. And uh, he won the Players' Championship uh, a couple weeks ago, and so he put up a good finish there. It's obviously a really strong field. And he ended up getting bounced semi-early from the, the bracket-style tournament. So he's kind of had a little time to grind, work on his swing for the Masters, and I think he's one of the guys that are coming in in good form. Uh, Also, you have John Rahm, who kind of has good course history here. He's another one of the favorites. Uh, He's got three top 10s and four starts here. So he's another guy that I'd definitely be watching. And then uh, I think Xander Shoffley as well. Uh, He's one of those guys. He's runner-up in the 2019 Masters. And since his win at the 2019 Tournament of Champions, he's had eight runner-up finishes on tour. So it seems like he's one of those guys that's kind of always knocking on the door, and it's only a matter of time before he's going to get one.
0: Sure. Shoffley. shaw flea. Okay. Yeah. Shoffley. You have that down? I have that down? Okay.
2: Now, before I get
0: into some of the individual candidates to make a run at this at this Masters tournament, I want to ask you about Tiger Woods. Um, you know, it, the, the reports came out earlier this week that he was going excessive speeds in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, um, excessive speeds being like 70 to 75 miles an hour. And that caused that, that accident that took out Tiger Woods, and you know he could be out for some time. Two-part question here. We'll get to the second part after you... Answer the first part. I want to ask you, how will this tournament, this Masters tournament, be different with no Tiger Woods under the circumstances that that we have after his car accident?
2: Yeah, you know, when he won the Masters a couple years ago, he's coming in with pretty good form, so he was kind of knocking on the door a little bit. Obviously, in the fall, he didn't have quite a strong showing, so uh, he was kind of irrelevant there, but definitely a guy of his stature, a guy that's won this tournament many times before. He can obviously win it at any given week, but... You know, he didn't really show up in the fall, hasn't really been playing much since then, so I can't say he was going to compete for this one, but you know, with Tiger Woods, obviously if there's ever a week you were to be putting it together, uh, this would be the week.
0: So let me ask you this, the tough question, will Tiger Woods ever golf again?
2: Yeah, there were some reports, Rory McElroy was talking to him, he thinks Tiger Woods could be in the course in 12 months time, uh, so that's obviously an optimistic uh, look at it there. I think his focus should obviously just be on recovering his body as much as he can, and if he's If he's able to make it back out, that'd be great, but if he's not able to get back out on the course again, I just hope he stays around the game of golf.
0: Yeah, we certainly hope the best here from the Tony G Show for the generational golf talent that is Tiger Woods. So let's preview some of the names that could make a run at this Masters tournament. Let's start with this name, Jordan Spieth. You know, in talking with you pre-show, in preparing for this interview, you know, when we first set it up, you mentioned to me that he can kind of be a ghost in recent tournaments. So I want to ask you, coming into this specific Masters tournament, Jordan Spieth, is he for real or is he going to be a ghost in this tournament?
2: Yeah, Spieth wasn't playing well for the longest time. Uh, He kind of had a long stretch. He ended up winning last week, his first win since the 2017 Open Championship. And since then, he's been really quiet. Apart from the last six weeks where he's been playing really good golf, he's got four top fours in his last six tournaments, uh, including a 15th place finish in there. In terms of recent form, I think uh, there's nobody really coming in with better form than Jordan Spieth. It's obviously a tournament he's won before and been in contention with many times, even when he's not playing well leading up to it. So I think he's definitely going to be a name to watch. I think he's a guy that can make some noise this tournament. Uh, it is hard to go back-to-back on tour. Uh, there's kind of like a winner's hangover, uh, especially after he just won last week. But if there's ever a time where uh, Spieth can get it together, and he has been lately, uh, he usually his game sets up well for Augusta.
0: As we're previewing individual golfers that can make a run at this Masters Tournament. I want to ask you about this name. One of my personal favorite golfers, and a lot of people's favorite golfers, coming into this Masters Tournament with a knee injury. I want to ask you, how much of an impact does this knee injury play on Brooks Kepka?
2: Yeah, I think it plays a big role, especially because of the fact that he hasn't really been playing a lot recently. I think that, uh, along with the fact that he's not quite 100%, is definitely going to impact him. Personally, I don't think he's going to have quite the best finish. But Brooks Kepka is known for really showing up for major tournaments. And he has played well at Augusta before. So his rehab and his uh, his knee injury is you know feeling good starting on uh, Thursday. He can obviously make some noise at the tournament.
0: Sure. Let me ask you about uh, a couple dark horses that people wouldn't watch or, or wouldn't pay attention to in terms of making a run at winning this tournament. I want to ask you about dark horses and also maybe a two-part question here. Answer it how you would like. Dark horses and... Maybe some old heads, some guys who've been around a while that people wouldn't expect to make a run at a, at a tournament or, or a major in 2021. Some dark horses and old heads from our golf expert, Jared Reinhardt.
2: Sure, and I'd like to start off with a dark horse that's been playing really well lately. It's a name not a lot of guys know, uh, and that's Matthew Fitzpatrick. He is an Englishman, and he's really been playing pretty good golf lately. I think that this style, this course kind of suits well for his game, and with him coming in in recent form, I believe his odds are about 50-1. to 1. I think he's kind of a long-shot play that can uh, really make a bid, maybe be in the final groups on Sunday.
0: Any older guys that could make a run at this tournament that you wouldn't expect to make a run in 2021, some guys who maybe are a little bit past their prime?
2: I know Bernard Langer is one of those guys. Uh, he's an older German, and he, uh, he's been playing well at Augusta. He's been making the cuts quite a bit in the recent years. As far as what it takes to win, A lot of those guys usually tend to fall apart going into the weekend, Mm -hmm. but he's definitely a guy that can make the cut. Otherwise, Phil Mickelson is over 50 years old, uh, but he does have multiple green jackets himself. He might not be playing the best either coming in, but if there's ever a time where these guys can get back on track, it's usually Augusta, of course, that they've played many times before.
0: What do you think it is that they fall apart? Is it the fact that they're a little bit older and they don't have the stamina to golf at this competitive level for four days, three, four days in a row?
2: Yeah, it can be tough with that, especially when a lot of these younger guys, too, are hitting it a lot further than them. They're leaving themselves wedges into the green, hmm. uh, which can obviously be a lot more accurate. Uh, you know, when these older guys are hitting maybe an 8 or 9 iron in when guys are having pitching wedge, it can really make a difference in terms of your approach shots and what kind of putt you leave yourself for birdie.
0: Sure. So let me ask you some of the questions that aren't about specific golfers or golfers at all. With this Masters tournament this April in 2021 – it's going to be different from the one this last November because there's going to be fans there. How will the fans play a factor in this tournament, if at all?
2: Yeah, so back when they played it in the fall, there were, were no fans there. Uh, they are allowing a select amount of fans there this year, so there's obviously going to be the ropes out and stuff like that. Um, as far as having the crowds in recent years, they obviously won't have that, so it'll be kind of like a another difference in the sense that there will be fans there this time, which they weren't used to last time, but there are obviously fans there every tournament played before, so I feel like it's kind of one of those things, and they've kind of been allowing fans in recently in the tour events too that have just been played in Texas, so uh, they're kind of getting used to fans being back, so I think it won't affect the guys overall too much.
0: The weather report at Augusta National, Thursday it's going to be partly cloudy, sunny, but then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, rain is in the forecast. Is this going to play a factor to this 2021 Masters Tournament?
2: It very well could, yeah, there's chance of storms this weekend, so. I guess delays are possible if the rain does come through. It can obviously really change. You know, guys might have to finish rounds the next day or they might have to have a Monday finish. Uh, That remains to be seen. Uh, Still a couple days away. But it's certainly something to keep an eye on.
0: Speaking of things to keep an eye on, Jared Reinhardt our golf expert here on the Tony G Show, I want your overall prediction. Who wins? Who comes in the top three or top five? However you want to play this question, what is Jared Reinhardt's prediction?
2: Yeah, so last fall I predicted Dustin Johnson. He was coming in with probably the best form. Uh, he ended up winning the tournament. Uh, this year it seems a little more difficult, but overall I think my prediction to win this one is going to be Justin Thomas. Uh, he just won the Players' Championship, a uh, very stacked field, a uh, field similar to this one. And then uh, I think his early round exit from the uh, the match play was definitely to his benefit You know, because he still is coming in with good form. The match play tournament isn't one of those where you're not necessarily playing bad if you lose just because it's it's heads up versus another golfer. So I think he's had time to really work on his swing since then. He didn't play last weekend. So I think he's really just kind of getting his game ready for Augusta, and I think he's primed for a really good finish.
0: There you have it, the prediction from Jared Reinhart, Tony G. Shill's golf expert. One more prediction, Jared. By the end of summer, speaking around August, what will my handicap be?
2: <laughs> you know, Tony, it really depends if you can get that slice figured out. Yep, um, yep. Your swing is good, like I said, just a few little things you need to work on, but golf's one of those things where the smallest thing can make a big difference. So I think if you're able to get it dialed in, I think you could be right around 15, 18 range.
0: Plus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that'll be it from our golf expert, Jared Reinhardt. Jared, thank you for coming around again to the Tony G Show. We really appreciate your insight.
2: Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Okay,
0: as we kick out
2: Jared Reinhardt
0: of the Tony G <laughs> Studios, our golf expert, very good insight from him and we thank him for coming on. He's o- he always has good insight. I mean, oh, yeah. he always knows golf inside and out.
1: And I mean, historically his prediction's been pretty uh He's 1 and 0. He's 1 and 0 on the 20G show.
0: Yeah, before today that is. So
1: Wait. 1 and 0. Remember when he was in November? Yeah, but didn't he get it right? Yeah. He said 1 and 0. He so he's 1 and 0. Oh, oh, sorry. I was thinking 1 and 1 like one prediction he got it right. I'm Yeah. Yeah. I I
0: mean, (laughs) I I didn't even know what you're talking about. No, Jared Reinhardt is one and all in his
1: predictions. I was thinking, like, one prediction. That's okay. You don't have to explain it. I mean, you know. The Tony G Show viewers get me. They're probably confused with you more than me. I mean, you're
0: a little rusty. This is your first episode in like three (sighs) months.
1: That's true. Yeah. Blame it on that.
0: Nonetheless, Jared Reinhardt, good insight on the Tony G Show. Let's move along to segment number two of today's show. And Will and I are going to open this discussion up. Talking about the Sam Darnold trade that occurred very recently over... Was it over the weekend? We didn't discuss it on the Tony G Show on Tuesday because we had Sam Fonder
1: I think it was like yesterday, wasn't it? Or like two days ago.
0: No, it was like a couple days ago. I don't know if it was over the weekend or like at the start of the I think it week.
1: was the weekend because I would have been talking about it with my dad at home.
0: I think it was Monday because I yeah. remember getting that notification. It was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. So earlier this week, Sam Darnold was traded to the Carolina Panthers... And the Jets, in exchange, got three draft picks, a sixth-round draft pick this year in 2021, and a second- and fourth-round draft pick in 2022. That's next year's draft. And, of course, the Panthers got Sam Darnold. So let's discuss, who do we think won this trade? Now, keep in mind, the Jets have the number two overall pick. I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers won this trade.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with you.
0: Because, you know, if you look at what Carolina was working with, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of like an average quarterback. And you could argue the same thing for Sam Darnold, but I see a higher upside in Sam Darnold Mm -hmm. than I do in Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold is much younger. Sam Darnold has spent the first couple years of his career in New York playing for the Jets. I mean, come on. This is going to be a far better situation for Sam Darnold in Carolina. Granted, it's not like he's going to the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that. It's not like he's working with this innate amount of talent. But the Panthers are better than the Jets. And I'm willing to say, like, anybody is better than the Jets.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, it's pretty much any other team besides the Jets is Like, I think Ohio
0: State's offensive situation is better than the Jets. Probably. Yeah. The Jets were uh, (laughs) pathetic. And we're going to talk about them in a second. Don't think we're going to leave them out of this discussion here in this trade. But the Carolina Panthers, to me, if you think about it, did upgrade Mm -hmm. at quarterback. A lot of people are... Falling off the Sam Darnold bandwagon. If they were ever on it. Saying that Sam Darnold's not the quarterback of the future. Sam Darnold's not uh, a franchise quarterback. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying he is. I'm not going to go completely 180 of that statement. But how do you know? I mean, the guy has made some pretty good throws. Right. Like highlight real throws. Really good throws. That you could see on social media because, like, they're very good throws. So the guy is accurate. Guy's got a good arm. The thing that I fault him with. Is to put it broadly is a lack of experience, and what I mean by that more specifically is he's not the best decision maker.
1: Right. He's kind of he's kind of being on the Jets has made him kind of lack the experience of playing on a winning team and yep. that or like you a get, competitive team. Right. Like you get to those big moments and he hasn't had to deal with any of that ever. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of the downside of him. I would say too is like he hasn't been put under a really stressful situation yet.
0: I would agree. I would agree. And I think, you know, as he gets shifted to the NFC South, which is a little bit more competitive of a division, Saints, Bucks, Falcons, now, you know, you're on the Carolina Panthers. So it's a much tougher division, mm-hmm. and the spotlight's going to be on him to play and perform. But I'd almost argue that that's where he shines best. USC grad, and you know they play good teams at, if you USC, right. Always competitive football there in Southern California. Granted, it's not been the most impressive play as of late, but it's still a power five conference. It's still playing against great competitors, future Sunday players, as they call them in college, because they're going to be professionals. So Sam Darnold does have that ability in him to perform at a high level
1: right that's not not, he just doesn't have the platform to do it yet right and i'm not saying that he can't or that i doubt that he can perform under those stressful situations i'm just saying at the professional level it's way different than college and we have yet to see that we've yet to see him experience that high stress clutch moment in the nfl yet right So so that's my one dig at him i don't think he's a bad quarterback though i think he's Probably better than Teddy Bridgewater. I also
0: don't. And I have a couple of friends who think he's, that he's a bad quarterback. And that's kind of where I want to focus this discussion a little more. It's because I I don't think you can make that judgment that he is that bad of a quarterback. Like I said, who has he been thrown to? Jamison Crowder? Robbie Anderson for the first couple of years of his right. career? Who's now, by the way, a Panther. So,
1: And Robbie Anderson's a good receiver too. But, I mean, what, they had Le'Veon Bell for a little bit? And, yeah. like... That's it for their power, like, their <laughs> and that power didn't, that names, didn't, you know? Like,
0: that, didn't pl- uh, that didn't work out very well. We all know how the Le'Veon Bell thing went. No? Right. Uh, you know, moving around. That's not the point, though. When you look at who, who Sam Darnold's had to work with, I mean, it's practically nobody. And, the whole... and plus his plus head coach. Yeah, I was I just mean, to I mean, what a say, joke of a head coach. I was just going to say, cases. like,
1: how could you, hi- you know, you hire a, yeah, a joke of a coach and expect a player to, to dominate like that.
0: And, you know, I would have been interested to see how this would have played out as uh, the Jets signed Robert Sala to be their head coach, mm-hmm. the defensive coordinator for the 49ers for those uh, very competitive years in San Francisco. So I would have been interested to see how that plays out. Get it, granted, he is a defensive-minded quarterback, but just to be under like a competent head coach. I mean, Adam Gase everything he did, press conferences, on the sideline, I'm sure in practice, even though I didn't see that firsthand, I mean, the guy just did not look like a head coach. Didn't look like he knew what he was doing. He was like a walking head scratch. Exactly. I mean, do you remember his introductory press conference? He was kind of looking around and you mm-hmm. know, did the bug eye thing, and I don't know what was going on. So I don't want to make fun of it too too bad if it was like you know something.
1: Right. I, I, don't, I don't know. Something's it off was kilter. just
0: bizarre. I've never seen that before. Right. But the thing that I really point to is – You remember last year for the draft, the 2020 NFL draft, how it was all remote, everyone was at home, and they kind of did the in-house camera pans, the camera shots, to the head coaches. Remember Cliff Kingsbury and his nice view, his nice, very rich-looking mansion. Uh, Bill Belichick, remember, it was kind of his dog sitting at the kitchen table with the two computers. Memes started to roll out after that. But you remember what I'm saying, that they had the in-house camera shots of the head coaches. And I'll never forget, they cut to Adam Gase. And he looks like someone stole his dog. Looks completely sad. Looks like he's not happy with the environment around him. And he's got his kids in the house kind of in the background. He's married with kids, so he's like a normal average guy. But I just don't see the emotion out of him to elicit good head coaching attributes. I don't see it in him to be a competitor. I don't see it in him to morph a career of someone like Sam Darnold and make him a competitor. I don't see that in him. So to me, in everything that Adam Gase did in the locker room, on the sideline, on the field, even when he wasn't at the stadium for the New York Jets, he just wasn't the right fit for that position. I don't think he will be a right fit to be a head coach anywhere in the NFL, if I'm being completely honest. I think he should stay almost as an assistant, or like a quarterback coach, or something small. I just don't see it within him to be a head
1: coach. So basically what you're getting at is that you believe that this Sam Darnold is kind of a, a product, a product of his of his environment, where yes. like he's, uh, his ability to play is much higher than he's been able to, just because of what he has around him as a supporting yes. cast.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you for specifying that argument for me and and funneling it, because now I just got an another example. You remember the one year Freddie Kitchen Freddie Kitchen spent in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And the Browns looked like a disaster. Yep. You know, this was supposed to be the next the next coming of the Cleveland Browns. They're gonna be competitive all of a sudden, mm-hmm. all this talent, but Freddie Kitchens couldn't manage them. Same thing. Same thing. It is the exact same thing. Now the Browns, you know, fire Kitchens, get a new head coach in there, and now they're starting to compete a little bit more. They have a little bit more sense of direction.
1: Granted, the talent levels are a little bit different for, for each team, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but
0: the point remains. The point is still there that the head coach you know, and, and it, I'm not saying people underrate this aspect of a football team. I'm just saying sometimes we can forget how important it is to have that good of a head coach.
1: I would say that honestly even strengthens the argument because you can say, look, you can have a team full of all-stars. Yeah. you don't have a good coach, you're not going anywhere. Right. And so what what does that mean if you don't have talent? Right. If you don't compliment you Sam do have, Donald. Yeah. And you don't have a good head coach? Yeah. Now the counter, counter argument,
0: night. which we've kind of alluded to, arises again.
1: But what about Le'Veon Bell? Okay.
0: Fair point. Fair point. They tried. They tried. That one time. They tried with the Le'Veon Bell thing, and it didn't really pan out because, you know, there comes that conversation again that that second contract for a running back mm-hmm. is hit or miss, really. it's swing or, You're either going to hit on it or you're not. And, There's and, no in-between there.
1: Right, and I feel like a lot of teams probably picked up on it, and maybe the Jets didn't, or they just didn't care but he seemed to kind of have like a motivation problem. At least Levion Bell? Yeah. yeah. From from what I've seen, I'm not saying that that is certainly the case. I'm sure he's not under motivated cuz clearly he's an NFL player. Well, but
0: yeah, I I wouldn't say under motivated because like he he held out for the 2018-2019 NFL season for a right. good so he could get paid. He was determined on getting paid so he could perform no matter what team was going to pay him. And then he kind of went to the Jets and it didn't really pan out. He kind of had some uh, disagreements within the locker room there, and, and he ended up leaving New York and moving on. There comes that argument where we're going to intertwine this with the, the Browns thing again. You do have talent, but if the head coach can't manage it, what good is it? I mean, you might as well have, you know, Pop Warner kids running out there if you're not going to have a good head coach. I mean, you need to start building a team with a head coach. And I think that's what Houston's trying to do. Getting a new head coach, new GM in there, and granted it, that's a whole debacle. What's going on in Houston? Because Deshaun Watson's still a Texan, but remember, there's all these allegations coming out on him. That's besides the point, though. I'm just trying to give that example of you need to start building with a head coach. Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers did it. Yeah, a six-nine-and-one season, canned Mike McCarthy, got Matt LaFleur in, thirteen and three back-to-back years to the NFC Championship.
1: It's hard to it's hard to to argue with those results. I mean, yeah. And that and that goes to the same point with the Browns like you have a team with studs yeah. absolute amazing pro, talent uh, pro bowlers but you don't have the 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 plan yeah. to let, let them play to their best ability and yep. things fall apart. I the agree. thing I want to ask you is what the heck are the Jets doing with this trade? Do you think this is do you think they got way way less than they should have for the the value that Sam Darnold adds to the Panthers?
0: I would think so. Cuz I I was shocked. I mean 3 picks is like a good quantity it's a good number of picks to get back three picks for one uh quarterback but i think that goes to show you how little the jets valued him
1: yeah that's kind of what i was getting He's at just kind of gave him away so they got a sixth a 2021 sixth a 2022 second and fourth yeah that's insane i would have that's like robbery for the panthers i wouldn't uh well <sighs> worst case scenario sam donald doesn't work out they're like all right well we didn't trade much for him right right that's robbery, in my opinion. If I'm the, I would agree. If I'm
0: the Jets, I would have asked for a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more value than a sixth rounder this year. I would have tried to get a second or third. I don't think, you know, Sam Darnold is worth like two, three first round picks, of course. Maybe even one I could see an argument for. I wouldn't, you know, I think the max that you could get out of Sam Darnold realistically is like two, two second round picks Yeah, and then like a fourth or fifth. Yeah. The value that they got back one second round pick and then fourth and a sixth I mean like that's
1: yeah the likelihood of a fourth and a sixth, both those players working out now granted I'm not saying it doesn't happen because it certainly happens where players in those later rounds work out but it's very unlikely
0: I mean well let's think about what the Jets are going to do here remember they do have the number two overall draft pick which is either going to be Zach Wilson new quarterback Mm -hmm. from BYU or new quarterback from Ohio State Justin Fields because Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one but let's think about (laughs) what you're going to get this year in the sixth round, what, a punt returner, a, another offensive lineman? What are you going to get next year in the second round? Okay, right. maybe like a second, third string wide receiver. What are you going to get in the fourth round next year? Like a long snapper? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like I just don't see the value yeah. that was worth Sam Darnold. And he, Granted, you could say that Sam Darnold's numbers don't show that he is anything more than that in terms of return, but that's why Will and I are bringing up this argument that you can't make the justifyment yet that he isn't going to be a good quality nfl quarterback that can start for a team and lead them to a competitive nature Mm -hmm. i see the leadership in him i do i think he's a mature young individual i think he can certainly stem the tide of whatever him and his team faces but i haven't seen anything from him yet to tell me that he's not going to be a successful nfl quarterback
1: yeah it's exactly what i was going to say is there's there's hasn't been any that i can recall off the top of my head yeah which to me tells me now that he hasn't had many major instances where it's like, yikes, he cannot be a good leader, player, or any combination.
0: Right. And I, for the most part, agree. Now, you know, we've talked enough about the Jets. I want to pound the the Panthers a little bit more and talk about their situation. I don't think Sam Darnold is the answer to all of their quarterback problems that they've been going through, but it gives them the opportunity to find a, a... It gives them an opportunity to find a way to compete with Sam Darnold, with a new quarterback that I think Teddy Bridgewater didn't and couldn't. I, I, don't, I don't want to say that, though, because like he did good. I mean, he was a good average NFL quarterback for the Panthers. But I think the point of what I'm making here is that the Carolina Panthers are trying to ignite this. This is like their new franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. This is their quarterback for the next two, three years.
1: So so Bridgewater's under contract for 2021, Yeah, correct? they're going to have both. So, this will be an interesting dynamic. I know. Because I don't think Bridgewater is a bad quarterback either. I just think. I think he's average. Yeah. I just don't don't think think he's bad. He's a good fit for the Panthers.
0: Sure. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. He's a good
1: fit. Right. Because when the Panthers, I'm sure you could go back to previous episodes if they're still up. I'm pretty sure I advocated for the Panthers picking up Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah. I don't know if he's their answer, though. And maybe Sam Darnold isn't either. Yeah, But it's going to be interesting to see, like, will they start Darn- Darnold right away? Because obviously they see something in him, or why else would they trade for him? Right.
0: Obvi- and that's a good point. Obviously they see something in him to build and try to compete for the next two, right. three seasons.
1: So I, th- I wonder if people are already kind of automatically assuming he'll start, because maybe he won't.
0: Maybe he won't. Maybe but this then, is where he kind of takes that shift to A.J. McCarronville, where he's just a backup quarterback now.
1: Right. And maybe that would kind of justify mm-hmm. why they didn't trade high picks. But I, who knows? But gonna, then the Jets could
0: have just turned around and traded him to like a... Like, true, true. What's a team that needs a quarterback right now that's not going to draft one? I don't know. Throw a name out there like the... Maybe like the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's right. going to go into his last season.
1: And they're already talking about starting a new quarterback program there or figuring yep. something out. So yeah,
0: it, so it's... it's a, You know, this is... Overall, I think this trade, I think the word to throw, to label it as, peculiar. Yeah for both sides you think they could have got a little bit better it seems like here let me put it this way I think this is the good way to kind of transition out of this argument is that I think both teams in this trade the perfect word to label this trade is that they settled kind of they both could have got more out of out of this trade they both could have looked elsewhere and tried to get more but I think they both found a fit and they're like let's just get this over with Mm -hmm. let's make this move so we both can move on and try to start and, and start preparing for the draft so we get our situations intact so we know where we're at and we can try to build from there i think they both just settled
1: yeah and and it'll be interesting to see what uh teddy's story is here in a month yeah maybe he's out he's traded who knows i don't know there's so much that could happen it's it's just it's, it's yeah. weird but that's a good way to put it too there's to so much
0: that could happen you don't know what could happen Maybe Sam Darnold's the backup Teddy Bridgewater starts. I th- I'm kind of I kinda, I
1: have I'm under the notion that Sam Darnold's going to start. Maybe they'll start like a revolutionary two quarterback set. They'll have two quarterbacks in at all time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I highly doubt that.
1: Mark that down in history for when I'm right and okay. the quarterback or the NFL goes to a two quarterback system.
0: Yeah, just like your uh 49ers let's like our bet.
1: Yep, that I'll win.
0: The Rams are going to sweep the 49ers mm-hmm. in their conference play bl- okay. game. Yeah. You think
1: about that? You have two Aaron Rodgers. Bo- <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you think about so that? So you're comparing two Sam Darnolds and you're comparing a Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater to two Aaron Rodgers. Well,
1: I'm just saying, if you had, you know, okay. two quarterbacks set, imagine how confusing that would be. It's called a wildcat, I think. Well, no, but you got like, so you got like two quarterbacks and a shotgun. I mean, I'm sure it's been done, <laughs> but I'm saying like, it needs to be like, I tell you what,
0: Send an email to Dan McCarty, the head coach here at St. Norbert <laughs> College for football. We'll, we'll test it out.
1: And see what he says. I mean, it's, pro- it's definitely been done, but we need to, like, perfect it. It'll be called the McCormick <laughs> Method. <laughs>
0: the McCormick <laughs> Method. All right. We need to pre- We, he says, we need to perfect it. Okay. Well, it'll
1: be mostly you working on it. I'll just kind of... Sit in the background and watch yeah, yeah. Yeah. The joy tailor to Mike Allen Coward. All right.
0: <laughs> Let's transition out of that segment into our third and final segment wrap-up. The Tony G Show, what has been a very good Tony G Show so far. Let's move to Wisconsin Athletics. The University of Wisconsin, as Badgers Athletic Director Barry Barry Alvarez has announced his retirement. He says, and I quote, this is his statement. It has been an honor to be part of Wisconsin Athletics, and I take great pride in all that we have accomplished over the last three decades. From championships to improvements on campus to impacting thousands of student-athletes, it's been a great ride. I'm grateful for the support, generosity, enthusiasm, and loyalty of Badgers in the state of Wisconsin and beyond. Thank you. Close quote. Very good professional statement from Barry Alvarez. Some numbers on him. 120 and 73 and 4 was his record in Madison, Wisconsin, including three Big Ten titles and three Rose Bowl wins as a head coach. Then he became the athletic director. 2010, College Football Hall of Fame inductee. As the athletic director, 16 national titles, 74 conference or tournament championships. Which, by the way, I'm just going to throw this number out there. Our athletic director, we've interviewed on the show, Tim Bald, has won 78 conference tournaments. I'm Woo-hoo! just saying, just to give you perspective on Man. how long these two have been around and the su- success that they have had. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's I mean, good it, connection. It's, it's been. An unbelievable amount of success for both of them.
1: And they've probably likely crossed paths at some point. Yep. Tim Balls Wisconsin. used to work
0: in Madison. Right. In the athletics department. and um, what, what was
1: that position? Um, uh, Compliance director.
0: Compliance director. Good job, Will. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I think they definitely intertwined a little bit. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, Barry Alvarez has had an amazing career as an athletic director in Madison. He's... And I mean, when you think of Wisconsin athletics, you think of the football program, you think of the basketball program, but the thing that, I mean, really is successful in Wisconsin is sports that don't get as much attention, like the softball, the track and field, the cross, you know, I I mean, like the other sports that aren't going to be on ESPN all the time are the sports that are really, really successful. Now, granted the, the popular sports, the football and the basketball program, very popular Mm -hmm. and very successful. I remember a couple of years ago, about a decade ago now, wow, that was a long time ago, where the Badgers went to the Final Four, and then they went to the championship. Very successful uh, basketball program. And then the football program is, I mean, since Barry, uh, I think the number, I don't have it down on my notes sheet here. Since Barry Alvarez has taken over as the athletic director, they haven't missed a Rose Bowl. Or not a Rose Bowl, they haven't missed a a bowl game in a bowl season. They've been bowl-eligible every year that Barry Alvarez has been an athletic director. Very impressive. Shows a lot of his attributes getting to assign coaches to different positions and really getting some good recruiters. The thing with Wisconsin sports is it's mostly in-house talent. I mean, besides, of course, like the running backs, quarterbacks that come from New Jersey, that's a big spot for them. But they have a lot of in-house talent in Wisconsin, and I think a lot of that attributes to Barry Alvarez. Other sports I think that are well worth mentioning are the hockey programs. I was just about to say. The men's and women's are both incredibly successful. The women's mm-hmm. just won a national championship this year. Yep. The men... Congratulations, have won the a, Yeah, congratulations from St. Norbert College, who has very popular hockey programs as well. So, it, you know, the men's are very uh, popular as well. I think... Or successful, I should say. I think the thing to really mention when you're talking about athletic directors is how they make people feel. Because, you know, you can talk about the success they have, but if they make people feel like they aren't unwelcome, like they aren't welcome to talk to them, like they aren't an open book, then you're not going to have a successful program and no matter what sport it is. And the thing with Tim Baldwin, I think with Barry Alvarez, they're both very open people, mm-hmm. very honest people, and very true to themselves. I think that lines up. That's a great formula and recipe to be successful.
1: And to your point, too, I mean, for college students, this is your home. For Yep. Four
0: years, if not more.
1: Four years of your life, if not more, for two-thirds of the year. That's a lot, that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. So it's important to have that connection with, especially as an athlete or athletic director. And although we can't personally, experience, or personally speak on it... For Barry Alvarez. Right. He clearly has had a, a massively positive impact on the University of Wisconsin. Right. And
0: I think furthermore to that point is the fans as a whole... I mean every Wisconsin Badger fan knows Barry Alvarez. Right. And is very very you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for distraught
1: not distraught <laughs> no, not taken distra- back by by his retirement you no, mean?
0: No you... no no. Like when they see him they're very, you know, proud. They're oh, proud of oh. Barry Alvarez. Okay. Yeah. I get I get where you were going but yeah. it was the opposite direction Opposed, where yeah. I was going. Yeah, that's all right. Nonetheless, I think that you know I when I think of Barry Alvarez, I always think of like the gifts where he has like the thumb up, you know, Barry Alvarez yeah, with yeah. the thumb up. Or when he's at the Rose Bowl, kind of shushing the kid away from him. is like the grandpa trying to watch his his team play. And I mean, like he's a regular guy. And so I think that is very relatable to the rest of Wisconsin. Wisconsin a very mellow, chill, kind of, you know, stay in your lane type of state. Yep. And, you know, I think Barry Alvarez fit that bill perfectly. And so I think that's why, because he was so relatable, I think that's why wisconsin fans knew him so well and, and took an extreme likening to him
1: you know what i gotta say tony what do you have to say on wisconsin forever okay on wisconsin amen brother i you know it's interesting i wonder where they're gonna go with the athletic director i i don't know yeah Position. it's at like just like here that's big shoes to fill i mean Huge.
0: wisconsin is a very in-house type of athletic program. Mm-hmm. Barry Alvarez was the head coach and then he became the athletic director. So they, you know, in-house. Paul Christ, who is the head coach now, graduated here, was a, a an assistant coach here, then went to Pitt, and then they brought him back. So he was in-house. So I wonder if the next athletic director position for maybe Wisconsin it's... Athletics is in-house already. Yeah, maybe it's already filled. Maybe. Who knows? Here's the thing, though. Maybe it's not. Will
1: could, yeah. I guess we'd. <laughs> I'm
0: smiling, gear. We're, we're just
1: throwing just complete
0: hypotheticals. How about this? I was looking through, you know, us being our age and where we're at in high school or high school, we're in, <laughs> yeah, we're in high school, where we're at in college. I was looking through uh, jobs and internships just to see if there was one that, yeah, I liked. And I come across this one University of Wisconsin, director of athletics, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> on what LinkedIn. <laughs> You're applying no, for No, it was it? Uh, Indeed,
0: I think. Oh, you're applying? Yeah. You're and applying, I, I yeah. looked at my roommate, and I was like, should I apply for the
1: <laughs> AD <laughs> position? Maybe they'll hire an intern, and do, they'll, they'll go that route. Yeah, Just maybe. Just like, sophomore in college.
0: Tony G, the next athletic director of University of Wisconsin. I know Still that, student at St. Norbert College, but new athletic director.
1: I know they're avid listeners, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you want to bring Tony G on, the he's, athletic he's an open book. Department.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe I should apply for St. Norbert. The athletic director position. Why not both? <laughs> what if I landed both? A Should cast I do a both?
1: Wide, yeah. Cast a wide net.
0: Have an office right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like an hour from each campus. Commute
1: both ways. Yeah. That'd probably go over well. <laughs> you say that with accepted.
0: sarcasm. Like it wouldn't.
1: Yeah. That was really dry sarcasm. Yeah. I mean. You see, for you your sake, I think it would you go. You don't believe No, in me what no. I think for your sake, it would go fine. You're so I'm fired. saying like in terms of the media You were so fired Imagine you imagine, imagine if like, the, like yeah two schools Like yeah we're gonna share An athletic director <laughs> That'd be a lot of back and forth Oh, Yeah you wouldn't even go home <laughs> yes. You'd just like Come back from Madison Then go straight to working at Norbs And then just go back and forth
0: The assistant athletic director Of both schools would be very busy
1: That would be the definition Of burning the candle at both ends
0: <laughs> A very short candle with those two positions. Ugh.
1: Should I apply, though? I mean, what, you know. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. They say no.
0: Both schools, I'm sure, are equal opportunity employers. So. So, what's up?
1: Tony G putting his hat in for the new You know what? They'll probably uh, end up coming to you. I don't even think you need to apply. What? No, that's a good point. They'll probably, like, seek you. Yep. You know. Hey, you're close with Tim Bald, huh? Yeah. Right. It's up. The, you know, we're interested in having
0: you interview. Yeah.
1: That's what's going to happen.
0: Yep. <laughs> I'm going to get a call at some point after this show is released.
1: Right after we're done recording.
0: Hey, did you say? Okay. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's Tony G Show. Good Tony G Show it was. Thanks again to our golf expert, Jared Reinhart, coming around. A good Sam Donald discussion, and then Barry Alvarez, an athletic director discussion between me and Will. Good to be back. Yeah, good to be back, Will. Welcome back. You, I mean, you're going to stick around for the rest of the oh, season? Oh, yeah. Okay. I Why would so. I leave? I don't know. Another Easter vacation. <laughs> Somewhere along the lines, retirement <laughs> from
1: Will podcasting McCormick
0: has stepped down from the Tony G show.
1: You know, I, and we
0: joke, but you do have a lot of competition. And I mean, it's not real competition. I'm not considering someone else, but I always get someone. As far t- as I know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We'll just say that so uh, Will McCormick's not too mad as he leaves Tony G Studios today. But no, I always get someone saying, you know, if Will ever, if you, if Will ever doesn't pan out, and I'm like dude <laughs> will's been around for four seasons now i'm not gonna be like you
1: know hit the bricks Will, i got new cat coming in i mean you could i know i could it's your show it is my show i'm well aware i'll just do like a a side show i'll be like the better tony g show. <laughs> just like real petty the, yeah and everything i do you just yeah i just like put out the same episode and i just like say the same stuff yeah but i somehow get it out before you do mm-hmm
0: my assistant co host instead of you would be like, you know, whoa, let's get this guy.
1: you're not gonna disclose any names, are you? <laughs>
0: no. No. I'm just kidding. One of them was in on today's show, though.
1: No, nonetheless,
0: today's Tony G show will come to an end. Will McCormick, it's good to have you back. Okay. Good to be back. Yeah, I would hope yeah.
1: so. Yeah. It's terrible to be back here. I'm not <laughs> yeah, looking for... There it is. I look I, I despise my time here every You time. dreaded coming back. Yeah. you wanted. This I was like Drake vacation. and my feet coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your I head was hanging yep.
0: in Tony G Studios today. Yeah. Okay. Nonetheless, let's end the episode there. Will and I will be back next Tuesday and Thursday. Two more episodes of the Tony G Show. We're going to hit 20 episodes in Season 6 by the end of next week. If all goes well and we get two episodes in like normal, then again, we'll be at 20 episodes in season six. This is episode number 18 of season six. Signing off for Will McCormick, I'm Tony G. We'll see you next time on The Tony G Show.